0: There's so much unpredictability in today's financial world. To successfully retire in that environment, it's important to get on the right track and stay there. That's why Steve Davis and Sean Toll of Davis Wealth Management bring you the Path to Wealth and Wisdom podcast. And it starts now.
1: Sean Toll is here to talk about the different types of IRAs.
2: Oh, the different types of IRAs. (laughs) how many are there
1: i don't know i know know. there's roth and traditional
2: there are roth and traditional
1: and i know there's other there's other means of savings like 401ks and as you spoke of at one point pensions pensions let's not go there because i don't think many people have them (laughs)
2: let's uh well let's back up back up the uh the the horses a little bit here let's just talk (laughs) about how we save for retirement in general. And then we'll talk about specifically Roths and and why, well, first of all, what they are and and why they might be of interest to folks. So um, pensions... We'll just start with pensions. Those were the primary savings vehicle and retirement income uh, tool that this country has relied upon for decades and decades. Uh, In the 1970s, um, some new legislation was passed. It was in the IRA code, uh, section 401, subsection K. Uh, I think we've all heard about our 401ks, right? These are called defined contribution plans. What is defined is how much you put in not how much you take out. Pensions are called defined benefit plans. What they define is what the benefit is to you in retirement, not how much you put in, okay? And they're heavily subsidized by companies. Well, after the 401k was brought out, pensions by and large um, started to disappear, There are very few industries, certainly private industries today, where people have pensions. It's mostly in the realm of public sector employees, okay? Uh, those city municipal workers, city workers, state workers, uh, fire and police. um, Post office, government. Post office, teachers, government, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And some big industry in manufacturing, too. Certainly the automakers are still there. There's the the boilermakers and the steam fitters and carpenters unions, um, which are largely in the private sector. Sector, um, but that's a small component of the overall workforce in this country. So when I uh, when I talk to individuals, I do a lot of seminars, and one of the first things uh, one of the things we talk about are pensions. I say, okay, by raise you know, raise your hands, who has a pension in here? Every single time, it's roughly ten percent of the, uh, the the attendees have a pension. So ninety percent of us don't because what happened? Companies said when we have offer a pension, it's a liability on our balance sheet. And um, it's a big risk, if you will. And so they started pushing more and more uh, 401ks. And so that means now that um, for most of us, we have most of our retirement savings in 401ks, 403bs, 457s. If you're a teacher or a nonprofit worker, you've heard these things before. They're all just like the 401k in essence. You put money in uh, before taxes and then... um, when you retire when you take the money out you pay taxes on it so that's a that's a big piece of of our retirement savings and um it's fairly nice the way it works um the theory behind the tax deductibility was because pensions were were by and large gone or disappearing and the government wanted to incentivize people to save on their own they said listen we'll T- you can deduct the money you put into your IRA or your 401k or your 457 from the taxes you pay this year. You can deduct it from your income, which will reduce your taxable income so you, you can save on it. The theory was you're making money and you might be in a higher tax bracket or very likely in a higher tax bracket than you find yourself in retirement. Okay, So um, that's that's why we've been doing that. I find that a little risky right now um, because if you look at our tax rates, our tax brackets uh, in this country, we're at roughly 100-year lows. Tax rates are very, very low right now. What concerns me is that we're spending money in Washington – really like we've never seen before it has nothing to do with the democratic administration that's in there right now it had nothing to do with the Republican administration It has to do with politicians the politicians in washington are spending money like crazy there's only one way to fix that right spend less mm-hmm. or tax more they can't spend less they're incapable of spending less so taxes will be rising So think about that. Right now, we're at the 100-year lows on tax rates. In retirement, in 5, 10, 15 years, we could very well see ourselves in an entirely different tax regime where all of a sudden we're in much higher tax brackets. So that means that in retirement, when you're supposed to be paying less taxes, you could very easily find yourself paying more taxes on a percentage basis than you were while you were working. That's the problem. There's a great book. Um, it's the Retirement Savings Tax Bomb. It's written by Ed Slott. He's, um, I- I'd look to him to be the, the, the country's leading expert uh, on IRAs and taxation. I just went to a seminar of his in Boston last week. And um, it's it's amazing what he talks about uh, in, in these seminars. And I would encourage people to, to read that book. We really do. And he really does think that um, this tax bomb is sitting out there because – Taxes have to go up. I'm sorry. They so we're have just to waiting for this. We're waiting. And people are sitting with 95% of their retirement savings sitting in these big, the, hopefully they're large, sizable pots of money that haven't yet been taxed. And um, they're going to have to pay those taxes. Whew. They're going to have to pay the taxes. And not only are they going to have to pay the taxes, let's say you're fortunate enough not to have have to spend down through all of your, your IRA money. and um, Or potentially you die prematurely and you haven't taken much out. And you leave that, let's say you leave that to your, your sole daughter mm-hmm. who's an attorney or a surgeon in Boston making $400,000 a year. The Secure Act of 2019 mandated that if you inherit an IRA, unless you're a spouse or a couple of other uh, types of individuals, Um, you have to take it out within 10 years. So you inherit potentially a million dollars and within 10 years, you've got to take that out. Every dollar you take out, you've got to pay taxes on. So now that money that you put aside for your retirement and you're going to pay less taxes on because that has now been passed on, um, they're going to tax the heck out of it.
1: And she's not going to be making $400,000 a year anymore because she's going to have to pay taxes. (laughs) <laughs> right, <laughs> when she has to take it out, unfortunately, so it's like there's your money.
2: taxes never work in reverse, right? You'll, <laughs> no, they don't. You'll never, you'll never pay more than than you make. Um, but it's you know that's a. I, I think it rubs people the wrong way, yeah. right uh, there. So we talk about, and I have this conversation with everybody. There's a way around this, um, and a lot of people are unaware of it. And I'm finding a lot of advisors don't talk to their clients about this, which is shocking. But I understand why, Um, and I'll tell you why in a second here. But um, this incredible IRA called a Roth. It's a Roth IRA. This is an account built for retirement savings Mm -hmm. that has tax advantages, just like your regular IRA or 401k has. The difference is you pay your taxes now, not later. So you make a contribution, let's say, of $5,000 to your Roth IRA. You will have paid taxes on that when it goes in. Okay, you get your paycheck, hopefully it's net of taxes cuz mm-hmm. you know, it, it's the, the other part of it's gone to Uncle Sam and you take that money you put it into the Roth IRA. It will now grow tax-free forever. You will never pay taxes on it ever again. Caveat being, Washington doesn't change their mind, but I doubt they're going to change their mind on the Roth taxation. Um, so you'll never pay taxes on that um, when you're in retirement. So that'll reduce your overall tax liability in retirement. It will also shield, potentially, some of your Social Security from taxation. Oh. Your Social Security becomes taxable when you uh, exceed certain thresholds after adding in your Social Security and your IRA distributions, and the 1099s you have, uh, all those things, when you add that all up, if it hits a threshold, some of your Social Security is taxable. If you don't have any t- uh, IRA distributions in there anymore, it'll lower those overall income figures and potentially save money on or avoid paying taxes on your Social Security.
1: So this million-dollar woman that left her money, supposedly, yeah. if she has an, if that was an, a Roth IRA, would the daughter be safe from paying taxes on it?
2: Absolutely, the daughter, whoever receives a Roth IRA will never pay taxes on it either. Okay. However. There's always a however. (laughs) There's always a however. They've got, still have 10 years to take it out. Okay. Which makes sense if you think about it. While it sits in that Roth, um, it will grow and never get taxed on that growth. So. Uncle Sam doesn't want you to, let's say you inherit it when you're 20. You can't let it sit there for 60 years and grow (laughs) (laughs) tax-free. They're going to want you to take it out, get that back into the uh, taxation system. Of course. Um, But yeah, but there's no tax liability. It's still subject to the 10-year rule, though. Okay, um, which is great. So you can put in, if you're under 50 years old, $6,500 a year into your Roth, or you can put 7500 a year in if you're over 50. We call that extra thousand a catch-up contribution. Mm-hmm. So if you start young, thanks to the power of compounding interest, it can be a very sizable portfolio. And, and retirement nest egg for you when, when you get into your retirement years. What we find, however, is that nobody's I, Roths haven't been around for anybody to have started it 40 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we find that most people still have IRAs and 401ks. Um, so what they can do, they can still put the sixty five or 7500 in, but they can also start to do Roth conversions. A Roth conversion is where you take your money in your IRA and you transfer it to your Roth IRA. You're going to convert it from a pre-tax money into post-tax money you convert it by paying taxes. Of course. So if you move 20,000 over, you're gonna add $20,000 to your income on your 1040 at the end of the year and pay taxes, but that'll never get taxed again. Mm-hmm. So i I like to see as people initiate a strategic uh, annual conversion plan, right? So what you do is come November, got a pretty good handle on what the income will be, annual income will be at the end of the year. Determine what that is. X amount of dollars and then determine where the next tax bracket begins
1: at smart, smart. Y amount of dollars. Mm-hmm.
2: What, what What's that number? Is it $20,000? Yes. Okay. Convert 20. If it's a $30,000 difference, convert 30. Just stay below that next tax bracket mm-hmm. so you're not wasting uh, much more money uh, on that. So the reason I find that a lot of advisors aren't having this conversation with folks is that Many clients, many individuals will want to pay the taxes from the conversion, right? So Mm -hmm. if it's a $20,000 conversion and let's say it's a 10% tax liability, they will end up sending $2,000 to Uncle Sam and $18,000 to the Roth IRA, which means that advisor is now advising less money and has less revenue. That is a horrible way to look at this. <laughs> so be it. If they make less, it's better. It's better, better for, for the your individual. Client, yes, that's right. A fiduciary will look through all of that and make the best um, recommendation to their clients, regardless of how it impacts them. Okay. I do like it when people pay their taxes outside of the conversion, because you can't put more money in, right? You're limited right. to how much you can put in. So it is better to do it outside of that conversion. But if you have to do it within it, and because that's the only thing that works, it still works better off in the long run.
1: Mm-hmm. So yeah. how many different types of you know, IRAs, retirement plans, 401ks, how many different ones are there? Oh, gosh. And too many to even. I don't count. know what the number would be. <laughs>
2: um, so there's your 401k. That's typically from a uh, uh, like a corporate or a private uh, business uh, retirement plan. There's 457s, which is the same type of plan. That's typically public sector workers. Mm-hmm. 403bs is the equivalent for teachers, largely. Um, there's 401a's. I mean, there's other. Now, there's also um, SEP IRAs and SIMPLE IRAs. Those are for small employers or um, individuals that um, you know. Maybe you have a, a plumber who works for himself, like freelancers. Oh, uh, freelancer, type of thing? right? Okay. They can they can set up a, um, a SEP IRA. Um, which would be for for them only, and the the contribution limits for something like that are much higher. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not the seventy five hundred. It's you know typically uh, tens of twenty twenty to sixty thousand dollars, I believe, depending on what their income is. Uh, so there's lots of lots of different ways uh, to do that underneath that that defined contribution plan. Of course, there's pensions. You know, which we talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, not not everybody has those, uh, unfortunately. I I do. I I'm lucky. I spent ten years at a company in Connecticut years ago, and um, do have a pension. And I feel so fortunate that I'm going to be able to buy a hamburger once a month when I retire. <laughs> <laughs> it's you're it,
1: going to be rolling in it, Sean. It's so <laughs> negligible.
2: Um, but um listen pensions are one of those things pensions were for folks that spent their careers at a company right and the longer you spend there the bigger the benefit will be it didn't work for me i mean i did 10 years had if i was still there or had i spent 30 or 40 years it would have been a great pension but that's not how employees work anymore they're typically a 5 years at a job and then and then they're gone. And that's the other reason pensions have been pulled back. Employers don't want don't to want have to invest, that, right? that that liability and that obligation for such a transient workforce that is mm-hmm. that is, you know, bumping around all over the place all the time. So but if you have one and you're at a company or or an employer and they're gonna give you that pension and you enjoy the job and it pays well Gosh, stick with More it. More power to stick you. Stick with it because those pensions are powerful. Mm-hmm. You know they 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 really really are. Um, oh, let me talk about one other thing on Roth. The thing about Roth IRAs is that you there are income limits on it. You cannot contribute to a Roth IRA if, uh, for instance, let's say you are uh, single. If you make over one hundred twenty nine thousand dollars this year, you can't. You're not eligible to contribute to a Roth. Okay, if you're married. That number is two hundred four thousand. So as a couple, if you make more than two hundred four thousand, you guys can't contribute to a Roth IRA. All right. You can contribute to an IRA, mm-hmm. but at those asset levels, it's no longer a tax-deductible contribution. Okay. So you're going to be putting after-tax dollars into your IRA. So what we do, uh, it's a loophole, but it's 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 a very legal loophole, and it's one that's utilized um, a lot. It's called a backdoor Roth. IRA. So what you would do, you can't, let's say you're single and you're making over the 120. You're making 150000 I can't put money into a Roth and I can't do a tax deductible contribution to my IRA, but I still can make a contribution to the IRA. So I put $6,500 in there in 2023. At some point in time before 2023 is over, I do a conversion of that $6,500 I put into the IRA and I convert it over to the Roth
1: that's a good loophole. It's a great
2: <laughs> loophole. Congress tried to close it with the, um, or I don't know if it was Congress. The tax conversations they were having last year, they tried to close this, um, the, this manner of funding a Roth IRA, but it was shut down. Um, they, you know, it's it's certainly permissible and and it's allowed, um, and so we do that quite a bit. Now, when you do that conversion, people may have heard of this five year rule with Roths. Here's the deal with a Roth. Uh, if you put money in a, a normal contribution straight into the Roth, not do this backdoor thing. Mm-hmm. If you put six thousand five hundred dollars in next year, you can take six thousand five hundred dollars out if you want. Okay, you can always take out what you put in. If you are under fifty nine and a half, if you are under fifty nine and a half and you take out more than what you put in, they're going to assess a ten percent penalty on that difference. When you do a conversion. Let's say it's that $6,500. Mm-hmm. It's not considered a contribution. It was considered a distribution from your IRA. IRA, and it's going to be subject to a five-year holding period in the Roth. If you're under 59 and a half and you take out that conversion, you're going to pay a 10% penalty. So it's for a long term. You shouldn't right. be taking it out anyway. If you're making
1: but- that much money, though. It's a good option.
2: Oh well, for sure. Yeah, if you're making yeah. that much money, uh, knock on wood, um, you should be okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> why the uh, why the limit on the money, on the amount that they make? Well, like you make under you make 128, you're fine. You make 130, you're not fine.
2: It's so it it's really geared towards uh, not. Allowing very wealthy people to abuse it. Okay. Right? If you're really wealthy and, um, you know, you could put, what if if you put $100,000 in there and you allowed that to grow tax free and you know you weren't, you know, potentially you were never going to use it. You were just going to put that in there, allow it to grow, and then leave that to your kids. Yeah. Right, um, or, or or maybe you do want to use it later, right? So they really want these tax advantage savings vehicles to be more beneficial for the less wealthy, because if you are wealthy and you have well in excess of this, you have other tools you can use. You could just be investing on your own in right. startups or venture capital, you know, whatever stocks or bonds, whatever whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, yeah, so that's why they put those a the contribution limits in, uh, and b the uh, the income limits.
1: That totally makes sense. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
0: You've been listening to the Path to Wealth and Wisdom podcast presented by Davis Wealth Management. If you have any questions, call 888-333-3818 or go online to daviswealthmgmt.com. You can also subscribe to the podcast on your favorite apps. Investment advisory services offered through Brookstone Capital Management, LLC, BCM, a registered investment advisor. BCM and Davis Wealth Management are independent of each other. Insurance products and services are not offered through BCM, but are offered and sold through individually licensed and appointed agents. The opinions expressed by Davis Wealth Management and guests on this radio show are their own and do not reflect the opinions of this radio station. All statements and opinions expressed are based upon information considered reliable although it should not be relied upon as such. Any statements or opinions are subject to change without notice. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed.